Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? Look at this, full house, good stuff. Uh, I'm just glad I'm not Pastor Josh this morning inflicting uh, pain on myself in the uh, triathlon. So good to be in the aircon this morning and good to see you all. All right, we're going to start at the start and uh, let's pray as we open the Bible uh, this morning. Father God, we thank you. Lord, that we, uh, we can grasp onto something beyond just the temporal. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your truth can pierce through any moment, any situation. It's relevant regardless of the century or the decade or the year. Father, I thank you that your word is always speaking to us. We can open it. It's not there for any private interpretation. It's, it's there no matter how we're feeling, no matter what's gone on. We can open the scriptures. We can uh, hear what you want us to hear. And uh, Father, we pray this morning that you speak to each one of us, Lord. And, uh, and God, we're grateful for your guidance. We're grateful for your love and your grace. And, uh, and we are grateful for this day, a gift, a day that you have made. We do rejoice. We're glad in it, Lord. We thank you that uh, you've given us breath today to praise you, to thank you, and to bless our brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to be looking this morning at the will of God. And we're going to start in Genesis. And uh, actually, before I go there, uh, Genesis 1. This one might not be on the screen, but I wanted to read this. It was out of 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 5, and it says this, Be at peace among yourselves. 1 Thessalonians 5, I'll start in verse 13. Be at peace amongst, among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but also pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to look a little bit this morning into the will of God, and, uh, and obviously a lot of our life, probably more than we would uh, like to acknowledge, is actually predicated more on our opinions versus something beyond that. Uh, and and we, ha- we all have reasons for why we cling on to what we think, uh, but less often than even as believers than we'd like to acknowledge, is usually either down to a, a feeling or maybe a context, uh, maybe an upbringing, maybe some kind of experience or exposure to something. And I'm not saying that they're not real. Uh, I know God's given us 
this life on this earth and the, the, our five physical senses. That's how we communicate with each other um, or not. And, uh, and, and how we experience life and, and God has given us our senses that, uh, you know, partly to, uh, honestly, to give him glory. I mean, uh, if I could just see, but I couldn't smell, I couldn't taste, uh, I would miss out on some of the aspects of his amazing creation. Uh, and so these, you know, I understand how he's made us in that sense. Um, and even in that scripture out of Thessalonians, when it's talking about, I pray, God, you holy spirit, soul and body. And so there are different aspects to us. But I find that uh, often in life we are trying to, pers- we, a lot of our time is trying to pursue God's will, find out what it is first. Uh, and, and, and often though, it tends, we tend to kind of descend into the detail. Lord, do you want me to get the black one or the white one? Do you want me to move to uh, Nambour or New York? You know, like these kind of questions, should I take this job or should I somehow just be happy with the thing that I've got, you know, <laughs> job I was talking about, not family member. And, um, and, and, but often the, the time, like a lot of our prayer, even seeking God's will, are usually something down to our kind of choices. And, um, more often than, you know, I guess we would like to think. But I, so I just kind of want to just look a little bit into the will of God this morning. And, and like we saw there first in First uh, Thessalonians, where it's saying there are some things that regardless of how we feel, we know are the will of God, God's will. It says that they're black and white in Scripture in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians there, where it was saying to, to always pursue good and rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so sometimes when we don't know what to do, I love to go back to what I do know what to do, <laughs> which is acknowledge God. Sometimes we're trying to fix everything and we can't always fix everything. We, usually we can't, can fix barely anything, uh, but then... What we can do is go back and say, okay, Lord, what do I know is your will? And I know your will is to pray without ceasing, to in everything give thanks. Lord, I'm, I'm thankful today, thankful for who you are, like, like Kristen prayed today. Um, and so from that viewpoint, when, we, when we're kind of swirling, when we've lost our anchor point of what is God's will, it's great to get back to some kind of uh, rock, some kind of place where we can start to take action on God's will again. And I find from there, he starts to lead me once again. Rather than just shooting arrows in the dark and then wherever it lands, then we paint a target around. Anyone do that? <laughs> with your with your to-do list for the day? You're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to achieve today. And then something happens, you're like, write it in, and then tick. I'm on track. <laughs> no, just me. <laughs> By the end of the day, then I'm just like, nailed it. My to-do list was done. Because it started with nothing and I've written down some things and ticked them off. So hey, must be on track. No. God actually has a plan for our life, but it may be different than we think. And what I mean is we tend to think he wants us to be robots. We think God's will for our life is to and then today he's got every breath planned in the sense of you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. And, if you, uh, and you're basically doomed to disappointing God <laughs> because his will is so arbitrary and, well, in the sense that we don't know what it is and, and he's not really trying to get us to find out. And what I find is quite different when we look at the life of Jesus who fulfilled all prophecy, uh, who pleased the Father. Uh, We see all these things in Scripture. He didn't live a robotic life. He didn't live a bland, boring life either. He he led an adventurous, fruitful life. He was in the will of God. He pleased the Father. Uh, And yet, still, uh, 
all the while was fulfilling prophecy as he went. He'd do something, and they would say, and thus fulfilled scripture. <laughs> and he did something else, and they'd say, oh, and so fulfilled, Isaiah, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and that didn't happen while he was on the earth walking it out. You know, the, the, the commentary on his life was written down after. It wasn't a documentary with, you know, Attenborough at the time after he was born in, in Bethlehem. And so fulfilled scripture. It wasn't like that. It was afterwards that people wrote that when they realized, wow. So at the time they experienced Jesus, but then afterwards like, wow, that fulfilled that, that fulfilled that. He fulfilled all, all prophecy, all, all scripture there. And yet it wasn't because, what do I have to do today? I have to walk five miles, I have to heal that person. And then I have to pretend to start healing someone else. And then someone else will interrupt me. And then I'll go over here, raise that guy from the dead. You know, like, I mean, that's just crazy if we think, how could he fulfill God's will if it was a checklist or even if it was just rules? And Jesus didn't fulfill the will of God because he, he fulfilled the rule book. Even Jesus himself wrapped up those rules. He said, you want to fulfill all that? It's wrapped up in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I think one of the greatest lies is that we are trying to find the will of God because it's something out there rather than something that's God, that we've been created as part of his will. And in Genesis 1, it says this, verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was very good. And so the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And then Genesis 2, 7, it goes on to say that, And then the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being or a speaking spirit. Now, I just want to point out here that God created, and there wasn't anyone twisting his arm, didn't, you know, nothing, he wasn't under duress. I mean, there's God hanging out, and, and he decided he wanted to create mankind. And so, I don't know about you, but I mean, maybe you, 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 you work in, a, in an environment that's not all, all your, you know, not your chosen recreation, it's a job. You're doing stuff that you don't particularly like. But who knows, on your weekends, maybe sometimes you're, more, you're known more for what you do on your weekends than maybe for what you do Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday, there's the grind, there's the bits and pieces in that that you kind of got to, you've got to keep the cogs turning and pay the bills and things like that. But who knows that there's a lot more about your personality maybe is about what's happened on the weekend. Oh, what's that little band? Oh, oh, Coldplay concert. Or, or you know, raccoon um, sun, sunburn because you've been out with the sunglasses on or, you know what I mean? Like you, you find out more about people. And I tell you what, we find out a lot about God because no one's forcing him to do anything here. And here we are in creation and he's like, my heart, what I want is people. And so God's heart, first and foremost, he created mankind. Now we did royally mess this up. Uh, he, his plan that we had, he had for our life, 
But the main plan was to stay in communion with him, to actually walk this out with him. Who knows that no matter how dangerous the situation is, that if my kids are near me, they're okay. That, that they're not lost if we're in the wilderness. I know, who knows, like my favorite memories of like my dad weren't necessarily just sitting in the lounge room and it was all cute and there was no danger. Some of my best memories with dad were we were out camping. Didn't mean I didn't get bitten by mosquitoes. Didn't mean I didn't stub my toe or get a fish hook through my finger or things like that. But I was with dad and that's why I was safe. And I wasn't lost even though we were in the wilderness, even though we were on some crazy island or doing something. Do you know with God, his plan for your life isn't some sterile, anemic, boring, nothing to do life. It's actually a robust life, which means there is adventure and it means getting out of the boat and you might stub your toe. You might actually, there might be pain involved, even in the adventure of trying to outreach God's love and see that affect other people. Who knows that that's a difficult journey as well. But I I want you to know that maybe you're in the will of God and you didn't know it. (laughs) Maybe you are the will of God and you didn't know it. Kind of expected a bigger cheer on that, but that's okay. <laughs> so without God, without being under pressure, no one was forcing him to do this. And by himself, God created, he wanted to create mankind. And your will is what you want to do as well. If it's not really, really that weird, if I ask Eric, what's, what do you want? What do you, what's your will? Uh, I'd like to do this. It's pretty basic and we're the same. If, I, if we want to do something, again, if we're not held captive somewhere, if we can actually exercise our will, then it's pretty obvious to see. And so we see that I want to tell you tonight, uh, this morning, that, that you are the will of God. Now, there's things that have come in to try and separate that. But I want to tell you, it's like if, uh, if I got Stephen up here, he's Stephen in all his not in all his glory, but in all his, you know, all his faculties. If I cut off his arm, he's not less Stephen. He's still Stephen, absolutely. I can still talk to him. He hasn't lost something except maybe an element of how he can express himself. But he's still totally him. And I can't cut the Stephen out of Stephen. I can't extract it out of him because it's who he is. It's in every single cell. It's in every fiber of who, who he is. Uh, now, yeah, I can try and limit how he expresses himself, but he's going to always be him. If I literally cut off all his limbs, he would still be Stephen and still be able to speak. And, and I could still find out his entire will. And yet we somehow try to think that the will of God is something out there that I want to tell you, you, you you've come too late to the game to mess up God's plan for your life. He sent Jesus, who, who shed his blood, who paid the price, and, it's, and the new covenant is between a reborn human, mankind, a Jesus, and an almighty God. And so I don't, don't glorify your sin or somehow your ability to fall short, how you can mess up God's plan. Genesis 3, verse 4 and verse 5 says this, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. We, we talk about that as the deception. Why was it a deception? If it was the truth. It was a deception because they didn't need to eat anything to become like God. They were already like God. We saw that 
in Scripture, back in Genesis 1, where it says we've made, made an in, in our image. So we didn't need to do some song and dance. We didn't eat some fruit to become like God. And so now the deception was now we have to do something to take on the will of God. The, the big deception there, and, and unfortunately for mankind, was with a separation from their heavenly father. They didn't need to do anything to become the will of God. They already were. That's why, and then sin comes in, separates mankind from God, and Adam started having to act like he was disconnected from God and disconnected from being the will of God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so through salvation, God's will, we we are connected with God on the inside of us. And God's will has been re-energized and connected. The the software is starting to work now. The hardware is starting to work. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I look in the mirror, I don't see someone else. That would be weird. Imagine waking up. Some other person looking back at you. And here it's saying that we look, right? We look into the, 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 the law of liberty, and it's saying when we look into it, we look into it as in a face beholding itself in a mirror. When we look into this scripture, we don't just see us as a disconnected being and we see God out there somewhere. This is our mirror. It's actually saying to you, that's why it's so powerful, because outside of God's word, we think we're something else, which is not true. And elsewhere, I think it's in James, is it, where it talks about even that, that a man who looks into, into the word and forgets, he's a, uh, not, a, not a doer, but a forgetful hearer, he forgets what manner of man he was, after, if he forgets what he's read in here. And so here, I want to tell you today that rather than trying to grasp out onto something which glorifies sin, I want to tell you today that imagine what if you already were a blessing going somewhere to happen? What if you already were the love of God going somewhere to happen? What if, I'm not saying there's no such thing as sin. Don't get me wrong. Don't misinterpret me in any way. And Paul himself said that. People are like, oh, well, if I sin and that gives grace abounds, should I sin more? So He's like, absolutely not. That's harebrained stuff. That's crazy. But what I'm saying is rather than something that we kind of maybe land on once in a while, when all the ducks line up and when we feel like we're doing everything right, what a great posture, what a God-honoring posture to say, Lord, you're my father and you created me and I'm doing my best to find out who you are, who I am in your family and I'm planning that the will of, when I turn up somewhere, I'm planning that the will of God turn up somewhere. It's a little bit more like Jesus lived and he didn't live the way he lived so that he was like some legend. Everywhere he went, he wasn't just sort of like, bam, heal someone, how good am I? You like that one, watch the next one. Let's go to the next town. He wasn't like that. He was actually the opposite. He was like, he was saying, this is how you do it, guys. You know, we go somewhere. Well, if it's your will, I know you could heal me, but if, you, if it's your will, will you? And he's like, I will. <laughs> Bam, they're healed. 
And so people were like, I'm not sure really if God's that good. I don't know if he actually loves me. I feel like somehow separated. And Jesus came saying, no, 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 no. God's love is bigger than hate. <laughs> How good is that? And I believe it's our role as well in the family of God to do the same. James 1 says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. And for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. I love this. I love it. And even scriptures where, actually we'll go there. John 8 is so powerful. And some of the scriptures that you often hear kind of quoted a little bit of, there's usually a lot more power and truth in if we look at the more extended version of some of this. And in John 8, and uh, this is, it finishes where, uh, uh, where are we? Verse 32, where it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You heard that one? Yeah. There's actually a scripture before that, which gives a whole bunch of context. Because, I mean, as, as believers, we think we got the truth. Why? Because our, we feel that way? Or what? It's our opinion? Or, well, I don't know, Jesus was the truth? How was he the truth? Because he said? Like, where's our power coming from? I think this is where we so- somehow grapple in our life. Well, I don't know if I'm the will of God. Well, I can tell you, this, I'll tell you here, this passage of Scripture outlines how Jesus knew he was the will of God. And it's brilliant. And, we, and he actually encourages us to do the same. And here in John 8, let's start in verse 26. says, I have many things to say and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. And then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And when you're reading the Bible, sometimes there's the words in slant, the slanted ones. That's the ones that the translators have put in to try and make it sound because it's in a different language and it's all kind of bizarre. Sometimes it sounds really disjointed. So they add words to try and make it flow. But it means that they weren't actually in the original Greek or Hebrew of what was actually said there. And so sometimes when I see a little slanty word in the Bible, I kind of read it, try to read it without it as well, just to try and capture maybe the context of what was going on there. Did anyone else do that? No, just, yeah? Yes, of course you do, Josh. <laughs> You're a legend. So this, in this case, this actually is brilliant. And in John 8, it says this. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am and that I do nothing of myself. But my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please him. As he spoke these words, many, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let me break this down for you. Jesus wasn't just saying whatever he wanted, and then that would become truth. He was saying, I am, I, I am, and I do nothing except what I hear my father do. 
Whatever I see him do or whatever I hear him say, that's what I say. And so I'm anchoring myself on the truth of the Father God. And that's why I'm free. He said, now, if you follow my words, which are God's words, then you'll walk in, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you as free as it's made me. So he's not, he's not just running haphazard over here. He's saying, I, I align myself with God. I'm submitted to him. He, he, again, when we read of Jesus' life, the amount of times he would duck off to kind of pray, to send the boys somewhere, and then he'd go up to a mountain to pray. You know, I mean, he was always connecting with his heavenly father. Um, and, and, and so because of that, when he did speak or when he did do something, there was an authority with it. It wasn't just because he was a tough guy. It was because his life was submitted to Almighty God. And so his disciples weren't just following him. He said, hey, boys, I'm submitted to God. I'll, if I hear my Father God say it, if I see that God's, these are the words of God, then I'll say them, if you follow me, you'll be just as free. We don't randomly kind of just know truth. I mean... I mean, that's just the audacity to think that we can just know truth randomly because that's how we feel. Crazy. That's crazy stuff. But to know it, that it's not based on the, the state of my digestion. It's not based on, you know, am I hungry or hangry or not. That actually the truth of God's word, I can read this any time of the day or night. I tell you what, it's a great thing to be able to open up the Psalms when you're feeling low, when you're feeling flat, when you're feeling disconnected from God. And invariably you start sending yourself back into the scriptures and it fills you with life and it, and that's not just some kind of instruction jesus said that's how he did it <laughs> i think that's great i really do because when you look at jesus how did he heal anyone how did he forgive anyone how did he do any of that it's pretty much different every time one time and this is where i I want to get to is that you're kind of focused on like God do I turn left or do I turn right do I buy the car or do I not do I do this thing or do I huh and God is more concerned with are you going to be the will of God when you get there like I'm confident that if I turned up in New York or in Nambour I'd bless someone (laughs) when you turn up somewhere does joy happen When you turn up somewhere, does forgiveness happen? When you turn up somewhere, is the love of God happening? Are words of God's truth going to happen? Or are you just trying to follow some weird roadmap? Because if you're like got an ugly spirit about you, you're full of bitterness and unforgiveness, and this it doesn't matter if you're following God's actual roadmap for your life. I don't want you to turn up somewhere and just vomit death somewhere. That's not going to work. It doesn't work. I don't care how pious you feel. But the other side is Jesus knew this, that he was the will of God. He was the will of God in action. And I want to tell you today, you can be too. Why? When you resist hate, when you resist unforgiveness, when you're like, no. And that's where it says, bless those who despitefully curse and use you. I mean, we're not going to have a human thought to do that except that it's in God's word. That's hidden power from God because it's in here. The world's not going to tell you to do that. But I tell you what, Jesus is. And that's not to make you fail. That's because he knows that's where the power is. When he, he would turn up to someone, one person wanted healing, and he literally told them to go jump in the lake. The next guy turns up, and he literally spits in a blind man's eye. These aren't metaphors. I, I'm not making this up. So if we're trying to analyze his, his, his method of operation, 
He's all over the place. I mean, he's a really random cat because he is submitted to God. And you're not going to be able to box God, the creator of heavens and earth, the creator of the universe. And you want to you wanna box him into your theology? He won't let you. <laughs> I'm not telling you to go and spit in blind people's eyes, by the way. <laughs> Authorised by the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what I'm telling you is to submit your life and your words to God. And then you watch because his words and his ways are full of power. And then when he tells you to do this, do you see the scriptures? We thought it's all God. He's, there's scriptures that talk about if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it'll be done for you. How's this? A beautiful relationship where the transaction of power or the manifestation of power and healing is based on the strength of the relationship. That's God's will, is that you walk so closely with him. Not that nothing will ever go wrong. Jesus said that can't happen. He's like, man, down here, it's chaos. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome it. When you feel like the life has kicked the wind out of you and you literally can't breathe, be of good cheer. Oh, really? Why? Because it's easy? No, it's the only way to survive. <laughs> when people uh, just, just uh, annihilate you, like actually get angry and hurt your life and try and, uh, you know, white ants your life or your reputation. You know why you have to forgive? Because it's the only way to stay sane. Otherwise, you'll be bitter and twisted and your life will spiral downwards and the biggest story of your life will be how someone did you wrong 20 years ago. So boring. That's why Jesus wants you to forgive. He's like, man, they've got so much ahead in store. Bigger than this. This is a big deal to you right now. But in time, you'll realize this was just a little pebble. Just get on with your day. It wasn't even a speed bump. There's actually a scripture that talks about how I will harden you to difficulties. Doesn't like the sound of it, but hang on a sec. I want a bigger life. Isn't that what the gym, hypothetically, what the gym does? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't create muscles. It allows an area to re the resistance against. That's what people think the hardship of life makes them strong. No, putting weights on top of me doesn't make me strong. It's my resistance against the things that are coming against me in the gym make me strong. It's my resistance against the evil of this world in, uh, that, that makes me strong in my spirit. And that's the will of God. And I want to tell you today, you are the will of God. I want you to confidently walk out of here and go, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, but God's going to happen when I turn up somewhere. <laughs> I may have to forgive all the weapons of your warfare. It might be to speak a word in love. It might be to bake something. It might be to forgive your spouse, ladies. Because... <laughs> Just try and slip that in there, you know. But I want you to know, and I want you to, and I know this is a wild concept. And then when, so often, who knows after you've had a hard day, you sweat, there's grime, there's dirt, you need a shower. And so sometimes it's the same in life. We're down here, either we don't know everything, or we're wrestling something, or we encounter something, or an explosion goes off near us. Someone else drives through a puddle and mud comes up. And often we go to God going, oh, I'm a sinner, I'm just, I'm a, he's like, man, just get a shower. It was just a day's work. <laughs> in the life down here, things will happen. That's why we come back to God and allow the washing of the water of his word, allow him to cleanse us. He's the only thing that can, not our own goodness, and not even just apologizing to each other. Can't cleanse the unrighteousness of things that have happened down here, but I want to tell you that God can. 
And that's his will for your life is to live this great adventure where you do need him. You're going to jump into situations where you need, you're going to rely on him because it's beyond your own strength. And then he's going to come through and it's going to be amazing because you're going to know it was him. It was so far beyond what you could have done. And then you're going to go and do that again. And then we're going to go and do that. And then we're going to learn. And sometimes it might not work. <laughs> I tried to be nice to someone. Tell them about God's love. They hated me. Are you okay? Well, yeah. We'll get on with life. Let's go again. What did you learn there, son? Well, that I can't force your will on anyone. Great lesson. You okay? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go and go again. And that's what I want you to know, that you are the will of God. You, he was, when he was thinking of the best thing he could ever think of, he was thinking of you. And yes, things in this world and, and, uh, and our own unrighteousness and sin and, and this fallen envelope has separated us. But I tell you what, that there's nothing more powerful. That's why we sing about the power of, of the blood of Jesus, that he was the pure, sinless, spotless lamb of God that took the, took the, the, uh, the punishment for our sin, so that now we're not, ba- we're not coming to God in our own unrighteousness. We're coming to him based on Jesus' righteousness. And so that you can have an open dialogue with God. You can pray to God again. Amazing. Your creator. How amazing is that? And maybe you haven't done that, or maybe you thought God was different, that he was a, a meanie, you know, just, uh, just trying to f- fix everything up. But he's actually got a greater purpose than just trying to fix everything up, and that's to walk with you in life that he loves his creation, that his creation loves him. And I don't know if there's anyone here today that maybe you've been sitting on the sidelines with God and heard about him. You've never received his love in your heart. And if, if that's you, you've heard about God, but something about the will of God, you know that word will, it's, very, it's tied to the word, word uh, your voluntary, volonté in the, whatever it is, the, um, that old ancient language, <laughs> Latin, the Latin stuff, all that, you know, and the same with all the French and Spanish and all that, it's all the same. Um, why? Because you volunteer something. I've chosen to do that. I'm not forcing, if I'm forcing you to volunteer, it's kind of not a volunteer situation, conscription and other things like that. And so the same when you decide, and this is what God wants, that, his ki- that he doesn't want robots, he wants kids that love him, that actually say, Lord, I want you to come into my life. I don't have adult kids yet, but when I do, I don't want them to say, I never want to talk to you again, Dad. The highest honor and joy would literally be just that they want to include me in their life, still want to talk, still want to invite me around. And your Father in heaven is the same. He's created you. I'm my own man. Yes, you are. Okay, and you can do your own thing. But man, what an amazing blessing to say, Lord, you've put the very breath inside my heart, in my lungs. And, and the life I have, I give back to you. When that happens, you watch the amazing, amazing will of God take place in your life. You might have thought you were a mistake. I'm telling you, categorically, you've come too late to the game to be a mistake. There might have been earthly circumstances around how you came here, landed on planet Earth, but I'm telling you, you are not who you are is not a mistake. Your personality. We would be missing something if you weren't here. And God's kingdom would be missing something without you here. You are not a mistake. You are the very will of God. And we want to, I mean, there might not be a bunch of people, but there's a few of us who just want to celebrate with you the fact that you're here. 
And we're excited that the fact that if you want to give that life back to God, that was the most amazing thing you could ever do. A lot of us in the room have done it. Maybe, maybe you, you're here today and you haven't. And if that's you, I'd love to pray. As we close the service this morning, I'd love to pray for you all. Actually, if everyone can just close their eyes right now and if I can pray over you, that'd be great. God, you see your kids here. Us, just you, your people trying to find you in more and more of the detail. Lord, we're trying to please you, but I know we can't do that in our own strength. We fall short. And God, you know the state of people's hearts. Some of the things we've held on to things longer than we should have. Other things, maybe it's time for us to jump into all the life that you've given us. And God, if there's any hearts in this room that are sensing right now your love, they've never let you in. They've wanted to live this life without you, but they know right now that you're real, that Jesus bore all their sin and, and they want to live every single day of their life with you, their creator. That Lord, no matter what happens, they know they will be with you in eternity. And God, right now, their hearts might be beating. If there's anyone here like that today, if you want to just give me a wave, say, Christian, that's me. Awesome, fantastic, so good. Anyone else, as I look around, you might be like, oh, I don't want to do anything about this. The Bible says, with the heart one believes and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. It's how you use your will, is use your words. And You might be like, oh, I believe, I don't have to do anything. I tell you, you've got to get your words to say, to acknowledge God for yourself. Anyone else here that's going to, that wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Accept God and acknowledge God in their life. Awesome, awesome, so good. Yeah, legend, I see that. Let's see that. Well done, mate. Anyone else, just before I close tonight, join these two people in, in this prayer. And we're going to pray this together. Powerful prayer. All right, let's do this together. We'll join these two people that have put up their hand to say they want to receive Jesus into their heart. Okay, repeat after me. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I acknowledge Jesus died for my sin and that you raised him from the dead. I take my part in your family as a child of God and I will live every day with you, finding out more about you and I receive your love today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, excellent, excellent decision. Let's cheer on those people that have made that decision today. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.